0: I want to, everyone who's listening to know that I'm broadcasting from the sacred lands of the Jamestown-Sklallam tribe and the Coast Salish peoples. Here, the sky is beautiful uh, when it's sunny. Even when it's overcast, it's beautiful in a different way. Uh, the Salish Sea is both mystical and beautiful and vibrant, and there's there's just so, so much to it teeming with life. I want to thank my uh, partner in life because he is the one who thought to bring us here, and he said to me, "This is your place. You just don't know it yet." And the clincher for for me because both of us met at New England Culinary Institute um, when we were both studying. He was an experienced chef, um, just returning for the degree, and I was a, a corporate lawyer. You know, just exploring this this passion at a time when I had the opportunity and really it was his brilliance that brought us here in the first place. I want to thank my son who is amazing and has the palette of a chef in the making. Um, and he brings us wonder and joy and exploration of the Olympic peninsula and the national forest with the the level of zest that <laughs> is beyond comparison. So, and I want to thank this community because it's such an arts-based community that The two of us um, adults in the family who are multi-creatives are just finding a lot of pleasure in being here um, and inspiration as well. So that is my just sentiment of gratitude for this place. I studied charcuterie with Brian Polson and also Michael Ruhlman, who uh, recently put out a book called Pate. I think their love of going in deep on food uh, was something that just excited me, kind of renewed my passion for uh, French cuisine and charcuterie, which I haven't done much cooking of lately. But it was the integrity with which they wanted to teach people that that really touched my heart. And they also, at the time that I studied with them, Anthony Bourdain had just died. And that was tragic because he was one of those chefs, there's a handful of them, who really celebrated uh, culture and countries of origin and the people who made the food that he loved. And so I want to just be thankful to them. I want to be thankful to, or I want to express my gratitude to them. I want to express my gratitude as well to all of my instructors, and there's too many of them to name at New England Culinary Institute because they helped someone who was really struggling to get through some of those classes, because the analytical mind would not give way to the mind that needed to create food from the heart. And that journey is a journey in and of itself. So thank you to them as well. And then I have to thank my family, because in the Filipino tradition, which predominated, uh, dominated probably most of our gatherings, there was just such a joy and love for food that it's inescapable. And it it's like, a, you know, it, it's just something to be shared all the time. So I want to express my gratitude to them and to my brother who has like an incredibly voracious appetite for good food. I spent a lot of my time um, making food with him and eating out at restaurants and, and um, you know, that kind of thing. So... He's not afraid to go to places other people won't go (laughs) with bacon and other things. So thank you to all of them. And this podcast is possible because we have the help of many people, many guests, and also uh, Robert Saravia, who is kind enough to go and explore the big questions about, is world peace possible through food and through a podcast so, thank you, Robert, for embarking on this journey with me. Thanks. Welcome to the second episode of Food Love, the space between terroir and the Tao of food. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the title of the podcast to ground you in what we're going to be talking about and the journey that we're about to take into food love. The the word terroir has often been used simply to talk about wine. And when I was living in Wisconsin and serving uh, as the associate dean and chef instructor of a culinary institute there, I was partnering with farms and really was amazed by a particular farm uh, named Saxon Farms that was producing this incredible cheese and it was so amazing. Um, And part of it was because of the butterfat content in the cow's milk. And if you know Wisconsin, it's right up against Lake Michigan and the, the terroir of that soil. And in that particular year, uh, produced this creamy, high-fat content milk. Uh, the, the cows were very happy that year. And I had one of the best experiences of cheese in the U.S. ever on that farm. And I began to think about terroir differently. I began to think it wasn't just about wine and that I wish people knew this secret about terroir that it really applies to everything grown everything made that is food and if they understood it more they could understand uh, concepts of quality because really When we think about the wines from the different regions of France, we we are thinking about quality. We are thinking about the vintage. We're thinking, and we only think about the vintage because we're trying to understand what does that mean. It's a shortcut for the terroir. What happened in that year with the soil, the sun, and the the water? Right. The the, what happened with Lake Michigan? How did its moisture impact the the lands on which those particular cows that I experienced the milk of? You know, how did it affect that? And when I think about terroir, if more people understood it, more people would actually be stewards of the earth. And there is part of that uh, to the conversations that we're going to have in this program. And there are many experts, um, none of whom are me. So part of this journey is following my own exploration in conversation with people about uh, land, how we use it, the agrarian use of it, the impacts on the environment from from those uses, and how do we bring things into balance? And that really is what the Tao of food is about. It's the yin-yang, the tension, the friction of these things, and learning to balance them out so that we can have peace and harmony. In terms of the conversations I plan to have with guests, who will be food artisans, farmers, experts on land, innovative food businesses, community leaders, chefs, and influencers. The conversations I want to have with them will be driving towards this fundamental question, which stems from a belief I have. I think we can have world peace and that we can have it through food. I'll let that sink in. I believe this. I believe it because every time I eat food with someone who is a stranger to me, I never feel like we haven't known each other all our lives if we are eating good food, food that feeds the soul or the spirit or whatever else within you that food speaks to. And I am engaged in the query, uh, the question, the question of, look, if we examined our education systems, if we brought back home economics, right, and we brought it back more thoughtfully and more intentionally, How could we create spaces to which everyone has access where they can experience food, culture, and a sense of belonging and begin to develop their own understanding and experience of other cultures and other people through stories and sharing and food? So that's that's a point of interest for me. And I can't help but love every conversation I've had with great thinkers and great producers of food. Um, So this gives me a chance to just follow that passion and see where it leads us and see if there are other people thinking the same way. And oftentimes there are. There seems to be a rise in both the, the heightened scrutiny of ways in which food systems are failing. And my own personal experience with that is that I served on a food system resiliency task force locally. And I think one of the reasons they asked me to do it was because I have a background in strategic planning. I have a background in law. I'm a former corporate biotech attorney. I used to take really complex things and try to put them into plain English for the public to understand. And I'm good at synthesizing uh, things from different places and trying to make it simple to understand with the help of other people, of course. And that experience sitting on that task force helped me to understand that, you know, there were 15 organizations, all of which had leaders within them with incredible knowledge and expertise. And I thought to myself, because it was a pandemic, oh my gosh, what would happen if any one of them disappeared? There would be a big gap in knowledge around things that actually work in our system right now. Um, and if, if we have to rebuild systems sometimes because of a knowledge gap or a a missing piece, then we can't even leverage up to be more expansive and be more inclusive and build things that um, serve us better because we're just uh, working to recapture what we already knew. So this podcast in some ways locally is serving as a vessel for some of that knowledge, some of that content in an attempt to help people have an awareness of these things that just a handful of people know. And through that awareness, my hope is that we begin to problem solve together where there are problems and where there aren't problems that we just simply enjoy and bask in the beauty of what is produced here. There are other places that I love um, and to which I will draw connections um, around concepts in food, around this concept of food love. And so I'll be reaching out to people in Wisconsin, probably people in Georgia, and people in Italy. I have been fortunate enough to study with some great uh, chefs. Both, both of them actually were female. Uh, Sandra Lotti and Elena Mattai in Italy. I have been fortunate to study in the U.S. And I, I studied this because I was at the time teaching charcuterie, Uh, which is basically fancy foods that make you fat in the French tradition. And I was also at the time teaching nutrition. And in my mind, it justified everything that I taught (laughs) because I was simultaneously teaching the same students how to take care of their bodies and eat well. So you'll see a little bit of, you know, that spectrum, that yin-yang of food in the way that we talk about it and maybe sometimes the recipes that we present um, and hopefully the diversity of chefs that we can present to you as well and restaurants and models for businesses in food. So... I don't claim to be an expert in anything. I am perpetually a student of all things. I will will tell you that I am a multi-creative. So the structure of this program will be that we'll have um, three segments, which will include a monologue or a dialogue, some form of interview of some great, brilliant mind and heart. And then we'll have one segment. The fourth segment will be one in which we kind of give it pause. We kind of take... A moment to reflect on some of the things we've talked about. Maybe we'll synthesize some ideas or maybe we'll just get down to the essence of something important um, through poetry. And part of that is just an acknowledgement of the space in which I have spent time um, in Port Townsend where there is a thriving arts community and there is also Copper Canyon Press, which is a leader in poetry and the things that bind us in humanity Uh, And I I think they taught me how to take that reflective moment to help set intentions and to review, to sum up some of the things that we experience as people, and in this case, um, people with respect to food. So... Uh, we've got a lot to cover. I mean, world peace through a podcast, through food. That's a, that's a tall order. Uh, so I'm hoping that you'll, you know, contribute. If you have ideas, if you have stories to share, I'm happy to read them, you know, if they, if they resonate broadly with people. And I'll say that sometimes I think of myself a little bit like a female Leo Buscaglia, who really just exuded love every time he talked to people. Um, I think he was probably one of those formative influences in my youth because he would talk about those challenges of, of, you know, having this mother who, you know, figured strongly in his life around food and love and all kinds of other things. And I'd say that, you know, that concept, if we can kind of create that sense of love more broadly, you know, we've been seeing some things come across different, Social media outlets, and I think this podcast, in some ways, is a response to that, where there can be more inclusion, and we want everyone to cook everything from everywhere um, and have an understanding of cultures everywhere. the uh, The flip side of it is that the that I also sometimes identify with a female Ralph Nader of food, because I think there's so many things happening in the way that we're producing food these days that people don't quite understand the underbellies of, even with the products on the shelf um, and what ingredients are there that are sort of not aligned with the claim that's being made about the food. So sometimes we'll talk about that too. And in doing so, I think, you know, we can have greater peace in really being empowered to know what's in our food, how our food is grown, um, what we can do to create food for ourselves that nourishes our bodies and our spirits. So, I hope you join me uh, regularly on this broadcast of Food Love, the space between terroir and the Tao of Food.